Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you in this sunny month of September? This is the second story for this weekend and a royal bonus story. If you're in the UK, you're probably getting a day off school tomorrow because of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, who served Britain and the Commonwealth for over 70 years. There'll be lots of horses and carriages and cannons and trumpets and choristers and soldiers dressed in red and black. But we thought we'd mark the occasion, you've guessed it, with a wise little story about a king, a queen and a prince. It's a little bit sad because just as Queen Elizabeth has died, the king and the queen in the story die. But it does have a happy ending. And for those of you who don't feel like listening to a slightly sad story, Amy Douglas, our lovely storyteller, has also recorded a trickster story. So the story today is The King's Storyteller. It's a tale Amy heard from a well-known Scottish traveller called Duncan Williamson. I wonder if you can think of any stories with kings, queens, princes or princesses in them while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. Did you think of any royal stories? Well, there's Princess Frankie and the Frog and the Snake Sister and Fiorishka and then there's the Seed oh, and the Golden Bowl. Remember that one? I wonder how many you remembered. Now, as you may know, when a king or queen dies, their firstborn prince or princess usually becomes the next king or queen. But what if the prince or princess doesn't really feel ready to take over? It must be a bit scary. Real princes and princesses don't usually have fairy godmothers to help them, so who can? And that's what this story is about. So. Here's our storyteller, Amy Douglas. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let the story begin. There was once a beautiful kingdom. It had meers and mountains, fields and forests. The land was fertile and gave the people everything that they needed. And this land, this kingdom was ruled over by a king and a queen. And they were good rulers. They loved the people and the people loved them. And just when they thought things couldn't get any better, the queen fell pregnant and gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, the prince of the land. But then a sickness came to the land. It swept through all of the people. The king himself grew sick and died and the queen was left to rule alone. She brought her people together. She looked after them. She kept the kingdom strong. She did everything that was needed to do, and every day she was up early and to bed late, working hard, doing all of the things that were needed to be done to keep that kingdom going. But no matter how busy she was, 
she always made time for her son, the joy of her heart. And every evening at bedtime, she would come and find him and take him by the hand and she would take him to bed. And they would sit and they would swap what they had been doing that day and then she would tuck him up and it would be time for a bedtime story. And she would tell him a story and she would watch as his eyelids started to flutter and his breathing deepened until at last he was fast asleep and then she would tiptoe out of the room. Well, the years passed by quickly and that young prince, he turned from a little boy to a bigger boy to a teenager to a young man. And the queen, she changed too. She grew old and frail. And one day she called her son to her and she said, My son, it is your turn to sit by the bed while here I lie, tired and old. And she said, My body is giving up on me, my son. But I know that there is a place for me where your father is waiting for me. And I've been wanting to see him for such a long time. And the boy, the young man, the prince, he looked at his mother and he said, Mother, no, no, I'm not ready. Oh, my son, you are ready. You will make a wonderful king. But, but, but who will tell me stories every night? My son, said the queen, you will be king. You can have any storyteller you like. All the storytellers in all the land will want to come and tell you stories. You can choose whichever one you want. The queen smiled at her son and the prince smiled at her. And this time her eyes fluttered and shut and they didn't open again. The next day the prince was crowned king. And just like his mother had said, he was a good king. And he worked hard. There always seemed so much to do. But one of the first things that he did was to put out a call to ask for a storyteller. Well, everybody heard the call. And from the mothers who told their children stories to the professional bards and musicians and great orators, they all came to the palace to try and apply to be the king's storyteller. And so each night when the work of the day was done, the king (sighs) would settle down into a rather more comfortable chair than the throne and a storyteller would be brought before him and he would sit and he would listen to a story. He heard stories of magic and wonder. He heard stories that made him laugh, stories that made him think. And at the end of every story, he would look at the storyteller. Hmm. And he would nod his head. And he would smile. And he would make a gesture and the storyteller would be given a gold coin in payment. But then they would be shown out. And they weren't asked to come back. And the next night, another storyteller would tell the king a story. And none of the storytellers that the king had were quite right. Well, the weeks turned into months, and the months turned into a year. And now there wasn't a queue of storytellers waiting each night for the king. It seemed he'd heard all the storytellers in the land. And sometimes there was nobody to tell him a story at all. 
Well, in the gardens of the palace was a gardener. And the gardener, he had watched all the storytellers come and he'd watched all the storytellers go. And he loved the gardens and he loved working with the plants, but he was getting on in life. He was getting old. And now in the winter time, it was cold and his fingers were sore. And when he looked out of the window and saw the grey clouds and the rain coming down, he didn't want to spend all day in the muds and digging and in the garden. It made his back ache and his knees creak. And he thought of what life as a storyteller would be like. He wouldn't be outside in the rain. He would be sat cosy by the fire with a hot drink. Well, why shouldn't he be a storyteller? His mother had told him lots of stories and he remembered the stories that she had told him and maybe he could have a bit of a practice and tell some of those to the king. And so he began to practice. And when he was ready and had a story that he thought the king might like, he got had a bath that night, he scrubbed himself clean, he scrubbed all the earth from underneath his fingernails, he dressed in his best clothes and he marched up to the palace and he knocked on the door and there was one of the king's guard who said, Hello, gardener, what are you doing here? So I've, I've come to tell the king a story if he'd like one. I'm sure he'd be delighted, said the guardsman. Wait here just a moment. But of course, the gardener was shown in and he was sat in a chair opposite the king. The king nodded and the gardener began. The king listened. At the end of the story, the king smiled and he said, Gardener, that was a very good story. That was the best story I've heard since my mother died. But it wasn't quite right. Will you come back tomorrow and tell me another story? Of course, your majesty, said the gardener. And he left. And the young king sat smiling. Well, the gardener, all the next day he was thinking of what story he should tell the king and he started thinking it through in his head and then he told it and told it and told it. He told it to the roses, he told it to the herb garden, he told it to the trees, he told it to the grass until he thought he had it just about right and it was time for him to go and see the king. Once again he was shown through to the room where the king was sat waiting for him and the gardener sat down opposite and he started to tell the story. And the king's eyes twinkled and the corners of his mouth turned up as he listened to the gardener telling the story. And at the end of the story he said, oh, gardener, that was even better than yesterday. That was the best story I've heard since my mother died. But it still wasn't quite right. Will you come back again tomorrow night? Of, of course, your majesty, said the gardener. Well, the next day. His tongue didn't stop moving all day. He was practising and telling and talking and going through that story. And every plant in the garden had heard that story at least three times by the end of the day. But he was ready. He was shown through to the king. And the two of them sat down opposite each other. The king smiled. The gardener took a deep breath. <gasps> well, he said, once upon a time. And he told his story. But as he was telling... He saw that the king's head was starting to droop. 
and as he carried on with his story, he saw that the king's eyelids were fluttering. And before he reached the end of the story, he realised... The king was fast asleep. (gasps) What had he done? thought the gardener. His story was so bad, he had bored the king to sleep. (gasps) What would the king do? Oh, he couldn't believe his story was so bad. Maybe he would put him in the dungeon. Maybe he'd lock him up at the very least. He'd be having stern words with him. The gardener crept out of the room, crept out of the palace and then he ran home to his little cottage. He packed up all of his possessions and he thought he would leave at first light before the king could punish him for telling a story that was so bad it had bored him to sleep. As the first light came through his window the next morning, the gardener opened his door to leave. Two of the king's guard were standing there waiting for him. Ah! Gardener! perfect timing, they said. The king would like to have a word with you. Shaking and quaking, the gardener was taken to the palace and shown before the king. But the king's eyes were twinkling. He was smiling. Oh, gardener, said the king. Garner, you have done me such a service. Sit down, sit down, sit down. That story you told me last night was the best story I have heard since my mother died. But, 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 said the Garner, you you fell asleep. It was so bad, I bored you to sleep. (laughs) You didn't bore me to sleep, said the king. Since I have become king, I haven't had a single decent night's sleep. Every night I lie down and all the things that I haven't managed to do that day crowd round my head and I stare at the ceiling and I can't sleep. You told me a story just like my mother used to tell me. It made me forget all of the troubles, all of the things that I needed to do. It took me into a magical world and when I fell into sleep, I had magical, beautiful dreams and I woke up this morning with more energy and more get-up-and-go than I've had in years. Please, will you be my storyteller? And of course, the gardener said yes. And every night at the end of the day, the king would take off his crown. He would relax back into his bed with a plumped up pillow and a gardener would sit down next to him and he would tell him a story that would take him into a magical world of dreams. Thanks to Amy Douglas for that story. It's a little bit sad, isn't it? The first time I heard it, I cried. But I like the fact that the prince found someone to tell him stories at bedtime. I wonder who tells you stories at bedtime and if you fall asleep to them. And I wonder if the new king in Britain, King Charles, has someone who tells him stories at bedtime. I do hope so. 
It's time now for me to dig into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First, I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. You are helping us to keep making this podcast. Thanks to all our Patreon and Apple subscribers and to those of you who've given us a one-off donation on Ko-fi, every little helps, or as my grandma used to say, every little makes a mickle. If you'd like to give a one-off donation of any amount on Ko-fi or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get to be a member of our Owlets Club and get bonus stories, early access and advert-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidsstories.com or to subscribe on Apple and get all those benefits, including joining the Owlets Club, then go to Apple Podcasts. If you're already an Apple subscriber and would like to join our Owlets Club to get word searches and storytelling tips and book recommendations, well, just send us a message and we'll tell you how to join. Now, you've all been drawing up a storm and sending just brilliant pictures of our stories to share on our Facebook page. So, here's some thank yous to Super Great Kids story fans who've been sending in pictures recently. Thanks to five-year-old Harrison for your picture of Why the Whale Has a Sad Song. I really like the different colours you've chosen and the way you've textured the landscape with different plants and rocks. It's a good story, isn't it? And Toot makes a very good impression of a sad whale. I wonder if you can do a sad whale sound. Thanks for sharing your picture, Harrison. And four-year-old Giselle from South Africa has drawn a magnificent picture of the griffin. I like the fact that he's a little bit scary in your picture, but you've also managed to make him look friendly too, which he is. He does, after all, manage to help people, doesn't he? Thank you, Giselle. And six-year-old Jasper from New Zealand has drawn a lovely picture of the magic orange tree. Jasper... I like the way you've drawn the girl singing her song to the orange tree, which is growing and growing and growing. Just lovely. I like this story. I like the idea of the song helping the tree to grow and provide fruit for the girl. Thanks for sharing your picture. And five-year-old Zephyr has sent us a fun picture of a Nancy and the magic pot. I really like Anansi's big, hairy arms and his spindly legs and the way he takes up most of the picture. It's a fun story, isn't it, Zephyr? I wonder what you'd like to eat if you had a magic pot. Thanks very much for sharing with us. And six-year-old Oscar and three-year-old Ada from Asheville in North Carolina have sent in some super scary drawings of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch. Oscar... I like your Baba Yaga in her mortar, with Vasilisa clutching her blue doll and the fence of skulls with red eyes and bones. Just magnificent. And Ada, thank you for your drawing. I like the wobbly chicken legs which Baba Yaga's house is standing on. And it's great the way you've drawn it all in black and red, which are scary colours. And I like it that all the people look unhappy. I'd be unhappy if I was anywhere near Baba Yaga, wouldn't you? Thank you both for sharing these drawings. 
and six-year-old Abby from Falls Church in Virginia drew an imaginative picture of Baba Yaga chasing Natasha. I can tell that you've listened carefully to the story by the way that you've drawn the girl's mouth and the way she's running away and the way Baba Yaga is saying, You can't escape! <laughs> really good. I like the mountain which has grown up between them too. Great to hear that you told the story to your class. It's lovely to share stories, isn't it? Well done. I hope you didn't scare them too much. Thank you for sharing, Miss Abby. And five-year-old Avery from Raleigh in North Carolina has been inspired by Baba Yaga too. Avery, I love your witch flying through the starry sky with her long nose and chasing the girl below who looks very scared. And I really like her red-roofed house. Thanks so much for sharing this with us. And Jude, who is five, from Brisbane in Australia, has sent us a picture of one of his favourite stories. A Nancy and the Magic Pot. Ha, Jude, I love the look on the Nancy's face as he sings to his magic pot. And I like his wiggly legs too. He's really not very good at sharing, is he? I wonder if you'd like him as your friend. And Evie, who is six, from Titirangi in New Zealand, has sent an imaginative drawing of the magic orange tree. I really like the way the girl is singing so happily to her tree and all the musical notes you've drawn. It's lovely the way the girl is dressed in multicoloured clothes. And I like the swirly-whirly blue patterns which you've drawn. Thanks very much for sharing this. And thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. And if you're a subscriber and in the Owlets Club, I hope you're enjoying the word searches and the storytelling tips. Remember, if you're in the UK, our Super Great Kids live show with Kate Corkery, Toop and me and David with his live band will be in just three weeks' time at the Irish Centre in Hammersmith on October the 9th. And as of today, there are still some tickets left. I'll see you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London.